Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Pure Hoops podcast is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. The Pure Hoops podcast most definitely does reflect the views of our management. Here's three-time NBA champ BJ Armstrong and Eric Newman. In perhaps the biggest offseason ever, with more than $3 billion spent changing the entire NBA landscape, all eyes are on L.A., where the Clippers and the Lakers are vying for attention in the nation's second biggest market. The Lakers fired the first shot. I, I think the, the big thing is for them is to figure out the best player or players that they can get to get this team through the grind of the season. I'm not worried about the playoffs with LeBron James. A healthy LeBron James and a healthy Anthony Davis speaks for itself, okay? Every, every, if, if I knew that I had to win 16 games with those two guys available in the playoffs, I feel good about my chances because everyone's going to play their sure. star players or their starters' dominant minutes. But doing an 82-game schedule – I'm not sure how smart it would be to play those guys 40 minutes night in and night out through 82 games knowing that you have to win and play a substantial oh, – Yeah, okay. No, so, yeah. to me – There's, there's yeah. no way LeBron James is playing more than 32 yeah, minutes okay. So, now how do you do that? And I think to see what's available – So, who's – So, who's – So, obviously, we're not going to sit here playing the name right. game. But based on skill set – and how you're familiar and know how LeBron James and Anthony Davis play and what their strengths are and where they're going to need the most um, production on the floor and obviously, as you just said, the ability to rest those guys. What's the type of player they're looking for here? Well, again, I I think the, the, the key is how do I get those guys healthy? Okay. How do I get them through the season healthy? If I'm looking at Anthony Davis right now, would you prefer to have Anthony Davis play the five or the four? If I'm looking at the roster, just as a fan, casual observer of the game, I don't want Anthony Davis playing against Joel Embiid and Steven Adams and DeMarcus Cousins and all of these guys that he's just got. Couldn't, couldn't, couldn't agree more. Okay. You want to put a, I don't want him playing against yeah, I don't guy wanna, next I don't to want him. him playing against Jokic and DeAndre Ayton and those are just big bodies, right? I now do I mind him playing mm-hmm. for those guys for limited minutes because he poses problems on the offensive end? Yeah, I, I, that, but do I want him taking on that type of physicality for 82 games plus the playoffs? No. So my question would be for those guys, what position do I want them to play? I think Anthony Davis has to play four and back up five. That's how I look at it. LeBron James, 
LeBron James, do I want him chasing Paul George and potentially Kawhi Leonard and all these eyes around James Harden during the regular season? No. So I'm probably going to play LeBron James now probably more three, four. So to me, it's just a matter of building a team that can complement what those guys are going to do to take off their load as they're playing through the regular season. If I'm those guys, and you've heard me say this many times, Eric, I'm always looking at the defensive end. I think a Jimmy Butler probably complements those guys better on the defensive end, which is more suited for championship caliber basketball. If they had to play the Toronto Raptors right now, who would you rather have guard Kawhi Leonard and Siakam and those guys? Would it be, you know, you know, the, the, the two guards or that they had this year, or would you rather have Jimmy Butler play against those other guys who we know we're gonna have to go through James Harden? We know we're gonna have to guard Paul George and all those guys. Jimmy Butler to me addresses yep. all of the things that at this stage of LeBron James' career, I mean, he's going into year 17. But really, he's probably going into really like year 21 or 22 with all of the USA basketball and all of the playoff games. This guy has to have Finals runs. This guy has to have, have at least 240 plus games in his in his career. In his career as far as playing in the playoff, in career. playoff career. So, in saying that, I'm trying to figure out how to allow him to play the game easier and I think he can play the game easier as a four than he can as a three at this stage of his career not to say that he can't do it in the playoffs but for 82 games why am I asking him to chase and use speed and quickness speed and quickness is one of the things that deteriorates with age LeBron James and he should not yeah. be he, he should not be the lockdown defender on the best perimeter player and at this it, point no, in his career. that is foolish let him captain the yeah, defense let, uh, from help side weak and, side and Absolutely. let him do that but then I don't want Anthony Davis having to wrestle with Joel Embiid and then turn around and Stephen okay. Adams so they so they've got to so they've got to add some serious size I think they there. add so yeah. DeAndre Jordan DeAndre Jordan free agent he's out there um um, Vucevic from Orlando, but he's going to cost too much money for them. Well, I uh, well, well, before Bro that, I, I, I think you add, I, I think, again, we're just, you know, you and I here. I think yep. you add tall athletes to their team. And because we know versatility, versatility. Well, and I, I would even go either. I would go further than that. I would, I would say vertical, vertical, okay. uh, verticality. I, I want to play vertical basketball with this group. Reason being is because Anthony Davis is going to demand the ball as a as a post player, and LeBron James is going to have a predominantly demand the ball on the perimeter. Therefore, where is the one place that I can go that most teams can't? That's vertical basketball. Jokic is a very great player, but vertical, vertically speaking, he will be challenged by those players who can do that. And the players that I'm thinking is like, yeah, you mentioned one. You know, uh, DeAndre Jordan is a player that could do that. Yep. I thought, and, you know, just for transparency, you know, I represent JaVale McGee, but JaVale McGee is an excellent player who can play, who plays vertical basketball and doesn't demand that he gets touches. He'll get 12 points, 12 rebounds just in the, in, in the, in the, in the flow of the, of the game. game. And to me, that's what they're looking to do. And you want to have bigs who can play against bigs 
and then allow the, the the versatility to go small. Anthony Davis should be your small goal, your small ball guy. I don't know if he's your big guy. Got it. He's your big team guy. You know what I mean? Because you got to get yep. through the season, right? In the end, the Lakers built their roster with the likes of Rajon Rondo and Danny Green in the backcourt and added DeMarcus Cousins in the middle. But his knee injury led to the signing of Dwight Howard. The James Davis pairing wasn't surprising in the least, but what the Clippers put together certainly was. I, I was a little shocked. I was a little shocked uh, with the Clippers' decision. And, um, but you know what? It's, it's a new game. It's a new era. It's a, you know, today's kids have spoken, and, um, and here we are. And uh, I, t I tell you what, as, as surprised as I was about Kawhi, I was probably more shocked about the Paul George trade. Well, that there, one to there, me, there you have it. One, one yeah. doesn't happen without the other. Yeah, and that's, the, the, that's just the shocker, right? Like, I, I didn't count out the Clippers because I never envisioned Kawhi Leonard as a guy who would want to team up with LeBron James and Anthony Davis instead of start uh, trying to beat him. And, you know, when you have Doc Rivers and Lawrence Frank and Steve Ballmer and Jerry West, they've got to be planning something. They've got to be up to something and knowing that not only do they need to land Kawhi, they needed to keep him away from the Lakers or else all the work they've done in, in making progress as an organization in L.A. would be for naught. And to, to figure out how to get that package done. And what I love about this and, and want your take on, on it is they get this package done, but they're not looking at it like, all right, we're giving all of this just for Paul George. We're giving all of this to make sure we combo both of these guys. And we are now on the map and at the top of the pecking order in L.A. and, and head to head with the Lakers saying, all right, we're not just some scrappy team that's going to play hard and squeak into the playoffs. We're, we're all in. We're going for this right now. Yeah, I mean, like I said, you, you, you know, you know, it's real funny. I, 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 you know, I, I, I grew up in this game, you know, some 30 years ago and to watch the decision of how people are making decisions, you know, I just find it very interesting. Right. Um, you know, wanting to be traded, wanting to be moved. That's nothing new. Right. That's been going on since the beginning, whether that was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar when he wanted to leave the Milwaukee Bucks you know, or, you know, Wilt Chamberlain, you know, warning or requesting to be traded is nothing new. The amount of money that these players are leaving on the table in order to move to me, it's just mind boggling. And uh, I was just reading this morning, you know, Kawhi Leonard, you know, they, according to this article here, Kawhi Leonard has left $118 million on the table while refusing the Supermax with the Spurs. That to me is just mind boggling. And when you start to look at what's being left on the table, whether it's KD leaving what he left to go to Brooklyn, Kyrie leaving, um, AD leaving, um, yep. and you're starting to see what's being left on the table as far as business, just business, right? And I, and I get it. You know, there are a lot of decisions that need to be made that's outside of business. But, you know, when you start leaving 80, 90, 100 million dollars, you start looking at like generational wealth and you have to examine, you know, what's the ramifications of such a decision on not only just me, right, but to my family, to my kids, to my kids, kids, kids and what that can do. So, 
I'm not familiar or I don't know any executives who leave that type of money on the table, sure. <laughs> right? I don't know any CEOs who's going to say, I'm going to leave, you know, present day value money of 80, 90, hundred million dollars on the table guaranteed to go do something else because of whatever. That's just business. And um, so I'm just more interested more in the human nature of how these decisions are being made now, more so of what, what's going on, what's transpiring, because Eric, I just don't under, I mean, as a, as a business person, I don't understand this way of thinking. Um, so to me, it, I just find it fascinating. And, you know, human nature is, you know, I've always been intrigued by how people make decisions. And this is one that I'm really intrigued with because you're starting to see a trend here where, you know, these players are leaving regardless of what's financially can be achieved, right? And they're making these decisions. And uh, I just find it very, very interesting of how and why they're doing what they're doing at this at this you know particular time. The shocking trades didn't end there. As the two LA teams set themselves up to challenge the Warriors, what were the Houston Rockets going to do to get past their nemesis? The answer was a reunion of two players originally drafted by the Thunder. Those out there that are doubting this or they're citing the Harden Westbrook usage rates and saying this isn't going to work, I I, I find it hilarious. I, I think this is the exact jolt and change the Rockets needed to go all in on this brand new, no more Golden State Dynasty Western Conference where we've seen the Lakers build their roster. The Clippers, of course, build their team. The Nuggets bringing back their squad. Utah acquiring Connolly. The Rockets had to make this move. How do you see, first and foremost, Russell Westbrook on the floor, everything spread out, downhill, high pick and roll all day long? How do you see this working? Well, Eric, I, you know, this is very interesting. And, and I watch and I say, but I get very animated about certain aspects of the game. You know, people should have a concern on whether this is going to work or not. And the concern shouldn't be the players, right? You, obviously, you need talented players. And both of those players, we're talking about James Harden and Russell Westbrook, they are as talented as any players in the NBA currently, right? Mm -hmm. They are, what I, I think they are, what, MVPs for the last two years, right? Or is, uh, two of the last three, 17 two, and 18, yeah. yep. Yes, okay. So, but my concern is of, is of the bigger picture, okay? First of all, it's not the players. They're going to have to commit to a system of play that we know teams must commit to in order to play into June. And that's going to, that's going to resemble the following, however you want to slice it or dice it or whatever the coach's philosophy is. This team is going to have to defend. This team is going to have to rebound the ball. And this team is going to have to share the ball with one another. That is going to be the formula that has been since the beginning. In whatever league you play in, the, the college basketball, high school, AAU, pro, you're going to have to defend. 
So my commitment into watch this team and say, okay, they have talented players. They can score and they can do all those things. That's great. At some point, you're going to have to get a you're going to have to get a defensive stop. Yep. You're going to have to get a defensive stop. And then here is my major question. Okay. Coaching, if you will, if we can put our coaching hat on here on the show, coaching is about taking people where they can't take themselves. Is this team going to commit to the defensive end? That's my question. They'll be, they'll figure out how to score. They'll figure out all the other things that we're talking about. They'll play downhill and Mike D'Antoni will have great offensive sets and all these things. We know what they'll do on the offensive end, but are do they meaning those two players? They're 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 two best players. Will they have the commitment and the discipline to be a better than average defensive team? Because that is the only system and the only style of play that will allow you to play into June. For sure, and that's a team that needs to get out and run and be in transition. And as you've preached time and time again, and as we've seen. That starts defensively with getting stops, finishing the possessions on the glass and going. And Westbrook, obviously, one of the great defensive rebounding guards that we've ever seen, is going to add to that. Now, he takes a lot of gambles defensively, and he's always looking for the the steal and to go back the other way in transition. So with what you've seen from the Houston Rockets, let's say the last two years, two years ago, the best season, I, I believe the best record they've ever had in the regular season. They're up 3-2 to two on the Warriors in the conference finals, and we all know what happened after that. Chris Paul gets hurt. They lose in seven. They've got P.J. Tucker. They've got Trevor Ariza on that team. They've found a defensive identity. Last season, they start the season off sluggish. They don't have Ariza anymore. They lost that edge a bit. Then Harden started started to carry them back, playing at a whole nother level. And they made a, a an admirable run in the West as far as, you know, where they ended up in the standings. And then they, of course, go down at the hands of the Warriors again. When Kevin Durant gets hurt in game five, it was there for the taking. Series tied at two. They didn't get it done. So my question is, have you seen enough from the Rockets at different moments in the past where you've seen, okay, if that's the team in terms of the identity and the tone and and playing defense to go along with that explosive offense, have you seen enough from them? Now, if Westbrook and Harden lead that, can they get it done? That's my long-winded lead-up for that. I like what they do during the regular season. I like the roster that this team has. I, I – all of the things that you're talking, I, I like it. But what I don't like is the following. When you're talking about playing championship caliber basketball, there is a change in philosophy that must be committed by the entire organization. There has to be, look, you can score all the points you want to be. You can be an explosive offensive team. You can do all of those things that we are talking about here currently on the show. And offensively, they will you will argue in the regular season when they go on a fifteen a fifteen game winning streak. Oh, this team looks championship caliber and battle tested. Okay, that's great. That's the regular season. When we get to the playoffs though, Eric, is this team gonna to commit to the philosophy 
that a champion every championship caliber team has and this well, is going to take time so well, I don't, I don't do and, and well it's not going will they stay with it they got to commit to this from day one right you don't just turn these switches on you don't just start playing one way for 82 games and then play another way in the playoffs they are who they are now is it possible for them to get the right matchups and go all the way to the finals and win it that's possible Highly unlikely, but it is possible. Kemba Walker was a player that some thought would go to L.A. to join LeBron at AD, but it was Boston that pulled off the sign-and-trade for the three-time All-Star selection. I think that's a win-win for everyone involved, and uh, I think it, you know winning will serve him well because that, that, that team with the, play, the pieces they have around them, I think will be a good fit for him, Boston, and, uh, and let's see where, where it goes. Because, I, as again... As I said all year, I like Boston's team. I like what I like how they've assembled their roster. But for whatever reason, they didn't seem to have the chemistry to win ball games, especially when uh, things got a little tough there during the playoffs. Absolutely, there's there's one thing that Kemba Walker brings to the table besides immense talent is uh, team guy, locker room guy, leader. And, and, you know, he'll bring a lot of positive to that chemistry. You know, you talk about Kemba Walker, you know, trying to carry a team like Charlotte last year, you know, over 25 points per game, uh, his third all-star appearance, you know, an impressive season. The guy's never had a consistent or capable supporting cast around him. And, and Charlotte, unfortunately, you know, they assembled a lot of bad contracts. You know, Nick Batum, $25 million. Bismack Biombo, $17 million. Marvin Williams, $15 million. Cody Zeller, 14, Kid Gilchrist, 13. They, they've really put themselves in a, in a rough position where they've handcuffed themselves to being able to add the right pieces around him. And now when it's time to extend him for the max, um, it's it, it, the flexibility is not there. Now, some of those players I named, you know, can be really good, effective role players on a winning team. But as you're supporting cast next to a six-foot point guard, um, it's been a problem there in Charlotte. So shifting to the Celtic roster, BJ, the thought of Kemba Walker playing in a quote-unquote system where he doesn't have to carry the load, where you've got Tatum and Hayward and Brown, and of course Marcus Smart as well, uh, that could be a real dynamic, versatile uh, wing perimeter mix, for lack of a better term, for the, the Celtics and, and that group of guys. Well, you know, going back to, you know, the comments of, you know, these players, these, these players, all these players in the NBA are very, very good basketball players. And, you know, that's why we make trades in this league. This is, you know, these players all made it because they have a, a certain skill set. The mm -hmm. truth of it is, you know what? <laughs> the chemistry of, of teams and working out how you play and style of play, all of those things are affected. Um, by, you know, really, you know, really gets down to how the coach really wants to play and you and utilize players. There are only so many star players in this league that, that can go around, right? You know, um, so, you know, I just want to, you know, say that. I think when Kimba goes to Boston, it will be a shock for him, okay? I think it will be a shock because when you, ha when you go and you play – what I call championship caliber or winning basketball. Okay, winning basketball is different when you're playing. You're not expected to get to the playoffs. But when you're, if the Boston Celtics don't make the playoffs next year, then that's going to be a major problem. 
Okay. It's going it's to be a ma- it's going to be a major problem for our podcast. Too. Okay. Major and problem. I think that and that to me, Kimba, you know, twenty five points a game and all those things. That sounds great on paper. Okay, but if Kimba's averaging twenty five points a game next year, that probably means the Boston Celtics aren't very good. Agree. Okay, so. I, I, think, saying, I, I think he's got to be – I think he's – sorry to cut you off. I think he's got to be floor general. He's going to be one of the closers. But I think this gives the team a chance to really spread the ball around and, and have a lot of distribution and balance score. Well, it, it, you know, and, and, and sometimes that's hard. You know, Kemba is going to command sure. a max contract. And with that comes expectations. With that comes pressure, whether it's – pressure he'll put on himself or pressure he will feel from the outside. But that's going to come with pressure, and that's going to come with responsibility. So when these young men are putting up these numbers and these individual numbers, but it doesn't translate to winning, that's different than going to the Boston Celtics. What if he averages 14 points a game and they win a championship? Wonderful. Okay, that's wonderful. But I guarantee you there will be – someone in the media that will say, was it worth it? <laughs> that's just the, that's the world we live in. Okay. Of course. Of if course. They, it, certainly if he averages 14 points and they don't win it, he will be scrutinized up and down. Oh, why did we get him? Was he the right fit? Why isn't he the same player? So again, you know, there has to be a delicate balance. This is why I like him going there because in the end, I think you're right, you know, from a from a pure basketball stance. Look, he's a very capable scorer. But at that position, you're going to need players to some nights your job might just be to run the team. Some nights it may be to score. And there's going to have to be a fine balance. You know, the, the balance of today's point guard, if you will, I don't even if you want to call him a point guard, you know, the balance is win the shoot and win the pass. That's been mm-hmm. the most difficult thing, in my humble opinion, about today's lead guard position is they have to score because of the pace of the game. They always have opportunities to score because we're constantly pushing the pace. But again, when you get to playoff basketball, there has to be a fine balance, right? You just can't score the way you, you know, you, you play during the regular season. And that seems to be a problem, but Kimba is leading the charge. I mean, 25 points a game from a six foot guard. That's a lot of points, right? And, Absolutely. Um, but I don't think that will be in the best interest of the Celtics next year if they're going to go deep into the playoffs. The Celtics lost Al Horford to Philadelphia, where he joins Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. But the biggest story for the Sixers was the one who got away. We need to talk about Jimmy Butler. He's in a situation in Philadelphia where, you know, they're potentially on the cusp. Embiid, Simmons making the decision on Butler and Tobias Harris at the beginning of free agency what was your response to Butler saying, okay, you're offering me all this money. I, I, I don't want to be here. I want to be somewhere else. And, you know, I thought he had a very unique situation there in Philly where he could be the veteran leader, could help mold these young guys, didn't have to carry the load, but could also be the closer and the clutch guy. I always go back to my, my playing days and always remember what I learned as a player. And, and, you know, you continue to learn and evolve as, you know, you work in front office and so forth. But when the players speak, I always listen. And, you know, it's funny when you ask, when you read scouting reports, 
when I first started working in the front office, I would read these scouting reports, and then I would ask the players, and they would always, you know, they would they would contradict. And uh, I learned this from the in, from the late Chuck Daly, and I played for him down in Orlando. He and he would always ask the players how they wanted to defend another player. Hmm. And I thought, God, this was very like this was like a very empowering moment. Like he didn't tell the player how to defend it. He would ask the player. And after 15 or 20 games or so, I said, hey, coach, how come you always ask the player? Because he was like, what's the one thing that I want from you? And I was like, I have no idea. And he was like, I just want you to play hard. Even if you do it wrong and you and you do it hard, it probably will work. Right. <laughs> okay. So and as we began to talk throughout the year, he would always say, you know what? When you were when we were playing against Michael Jordan and you, when you were with the Bulls, he was like, I would ask Joe Dumars how you wanted to play him because none of us have defended Michael Jordan. And I thought, wow, this guy is like a genius. Mm-hmm. And the reason I'm sharing, saying this story is because the players know. Like, you and I can watch film and and come up with all these philosophies, but the guy who actually has to go out there and do the work has a firsthand account and. His, you know, his, his opinion matters. He's the one out there doing it. And, and this goes back to Jimmy Butler. And the reason I'm saying this about Jimmy Butler is because not what Jimmy has said is what he hasn't said. Everyone is, you know, before air, we were talking about this scouting report we were looking at, and they had the Sixers as the, you know, the best team in the NBA. Players, no. The fact that Jimmy Butler left the team He's trying to tell us something without it's, telling us anything. It's 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 saying I, it's, I, I, it's I, saying I, something. I, I don't sure. know what I don't know what he knows, but I know he knows something. And players know. Players know who the best player is. Players know who can and can't play. Players know. And 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 in my generation, right? Rod Strickland was never an all star. But you ask any player in that that's era crazy, about Rod Strickland. Way. That's crazy. He was definitely an all-star. Rod Strickland, everyone knew that that man could play. Now, <laughs> okay? there. So the players know. Now, what he's trying to tell us about the Sixers, we may not know what he's saying right now, but at some point it will come out because he's telling us something. He's telling yeah. us something about the team, about the organization, about the players, and he may be wrong, but you can't fault his opinion. But so, he so. may be right because he he's been in there, he's been in the locker room, and I don't know. I look at Joel Embiid, I go, wow, what a talent! I look at Ben Simmons, you go, man, this guy's six ten, point guard, you know, and you look at all the things from the outside, and you go, Bias Harris is there. He's Jimmy Butler doesn't have to care. You're looking at all of the things on the outside, but there must be something that we can't see or wasn't a good fit that the players are telling us. So I always look at the players and what they're what they're telling us, and then you try to figure it out as you go along. But again, I just thought it was odd when you look at their roster because at the end of the season, Eric, he was the main focal point for them in the playoffs. He was yep. the go-to guy. Listen, he was the go-to he's, guy. He's he's the closer, and if Kawhi's shot bounces out, they're in overtime of Game Seven. This Go. is what I'm saying. So yep. what is he? What does he know that the rest of us don't know? And, and only time will tell. 
That's a, that's a great way to put it. So, you know, he's in Miami. Um, I like Philly getting Richardson back, but, you know, Jimmy Butler, Josh Richardson is not yet is Jimmy Butler. And that's where we are as the calendar flips to September. The rosters are in place. Training camp opens at the end of the month. We'll be back next week with a brand new show. Be sure to check out the Mike Wise Show dropping on Mondays. Catch and Shoot with Noah Kozlov and Adam Stanko on Wednesdays. Buckets, Boards, and Blocks with Monica McNutt on Thursdays. Of course, the Pure Hoops podcast on Fridays. Special thanks, as always, to Bruce Bernstein, Mike Lieber, Benjamin Wolfen, and the entire Pure Hoops media team. Have a great weekend, everybody. The Pure Hoops podcast is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media.